This is Talking Small Business with Kat Moyer and Megan Martin, a podcast for creatives who like to keep it real about what it actually takes to grow an online business. We're competitors turned biz besties who chat daily, and now we're bringing you into the conversation. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Talking Small Business. Today, we are putting Kat in the hot seat, I think, because she's the queen of this. But <laughs> You're in the hot seat, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about launching dun, 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 today. And man, we're going to like just share a candid conversation. These are my favorite episodes. And we just kind of like, we didn't plan this episode. We were just like, let's talk about launching. Let's, t- let's mm-hmm. share the real and the raw of what launching is. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully y'all aren't afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think there's so many different like expectations and dreams and hopes and desires when people think about launching or look towards launching. And we just would love to like chat a little bit about our real life experience, launching different products and service and offers in our business so that we can help you better prepare for your upcoming launch and hopefully help you set better expectations for yourself. Um, so that way your launch can be more successful and you can come out the other side of it feeling like a normal human. <laughs> right. Right. Not feeling stressed out. <laughs> I think feeling horrible. <laughs> right. Not feeling terrible. Um, I think first of all, and I like, we're joking about it, but it's so true. Like launching makes people freaked out. Like launching it. I mean, it is like, it can feel a little bit more anxiety ridden than anything else in our businesses for a variety of reasons. Um, a lot of times when you're launching something, it's something that you've put a lot of like hard work and a lot of your heart into, and like all of a sudden it's now out in the world and are people going to purchase or people going to book or people going to come like whatever it might be. Um, I've launched digital products. I've launched courses. I've launched a membership. I've launched a mastermind intensives, a conference, like probably you name it. I've likely launched it in, in like the small business world. Some of that is because I do, even though there is a lot of anxiety around it, there's a part of my personality that genuinely loves launching. Um, Um, There are just some things about launching that I find to be incredibly fun. Um, And so I like to have an actual launch calendar in my business and, you know, things that I want to work through in a launch schedule. Um, But I also, for me personally, like I just have lots of ideas. And so sometimes it's launching a lot of things just because you're getting ideas and you're testing a market, right? And seeing, is this idea going to stick? Is somebody else interested in this or is this just an idea that needs to stay an idea. But that's what can feel so scary about launching is because you feel so strongly about it and you put so much hard work into it, but then what are other people going to think and are other people going to buy in? I think I love that you're saying this and I think that we should just totally like pull back the curtain here and say like, (laughs) first of all, y'all, Kat is literally the queen of launching. Like she can pull a launch out like nobody's business. Like, The girl knows how to launch a thing, anything like seriously, I love you and how much you launch in your business. You launch all the time, but I want to say like, let's be real. Like not every launch is successful, right? No, not at all. And I think there have been some bomb launch. Oh no. And like, I'm going to be real. Like you guys, we have had like 
conferences, like entire conferences that we've had to cancel. I have launched like intensives that I've had to like email people and say, this isn't going to happen. I've launched courses that completely fell flat. Like we didn't even make back what we spent in Facebook ads. Okay. So like when I say launches have gone terribly, launches have gone absolutely terribly. But here's the thing about launching is you will likely have some launches go terribly in order to get to launches that go really well, Mm -hmm. because within launching, you're also testing the market. Now, do I think that you should just launch every new idea you have? No, there is strategy around what you pick and choose to launch. And some decisions that I have made, some products I've made that I wanted to launch, I shouldn't have, right? Like I was like way too gung-ho and I needed that voice in my head saying like, no, start small, like don't do this. (laughs) Um, But I did it anyway. Um, You know, nine years of business, there've been a lot of that, like those ups and downs. But I think really what it comes down to when we think about launching is if you are going to launch something, you need to like put on those big girl panties and know that it might not go well. Like, and that is honestly the truth of it is it might not go well, but let's be realistic, not pessimistic, but realistic around it might not go well. I might like, it might not make the revenue that I want. I might end up canceling if it's, you know, some sort of in-person retreat event, but you have enough strategy backing up the fact that this launch is coming to life. So you are moving forward with the launch. Which I think also brings up a really important thought that don't put all of your eggs into a launch basket, right? Mm -hmm. Like don't bank on your, you know, 80 or 90% of your income for the year to come from a launch. Yes. Right. Like it might not go as well as you imagine for many, many reasons. It could be a marketing reason. It could be a messaging reason. It could be a timing reason. Like, I don't know the whole world shuts down, you know, right. <laughs> like right. there's so many variables that could play into a launch, not going as well as you hoped. Maybe you just had too big of expectations for what your conversion mm-hmm. rate or your revenue goal should have been right. There's so many reasons that a launch could not go well. And so it is so paramount that you not bank your entire year's worth of income on a launch. Like you need to have a source of income that you can rely on. That's going to not make or break your business and your life. If a launch doesn't go well. Absolutely. And like, I speak from absolute experience with that y'all of like over the last couple of years in my business, like seeing how things have morphed from being so reliant on certain revenue streams and then really being able to diversify and say, okay, you know what? So if this one doesn't go as well, I have these others not to fall back on in like a negative way, but just to know, like all of your eggs aren't in one basket, just like Megan is saying, and you can know like, okay, well this launch didn't go well. Clearly the people have spoken, right? For whatever reason, as Megan is saying, maybe it's an audience thing, maybe it's a timing thing There's so many different reasons, but it didn't work. But now where else can we go from here? So like having that plan B, even if you don't know exactly what plan B is, but just knowing you have some fallback will give you more confidence going into the launch. Kat, I would love to hear from you on why somebody should consider live launching in their business, even if they don't consider themselves a salesperson or um, somebody who loves that like urgency model? Why should you still consider live launching in your business? If you have digital products, Megan might not agree with me. I'm pretty sure she's not going to agree with me. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. If you have digital products, in my opinion, you need to live launch at least one time. Um, I think that live launching 
teaches you more about how to be a seller. Um, if you don't feel like you are a good seller, I think it teaches your people urgency and scarcity and what live looks like. So live launch when Megan and I say this, and we've done a whole episode on live versus evergreen. So we'll link that so you guys can listen to that. Um, but live means there's a start date and an end day. So that product isn't available necessarily at that particular price point or for that there's bonuses associated with it or whatever. You've got like a start and an end. So there is scarcity and urgency at play. And those are incredibly powerful selling factors. And so if you have never live launched and you have digital products specifically, I think you learn a lot about how to do that, how to sell in that way. And your people start to learn how you are going to operate and sell in that way. And so honestly, it's just a really good learning opportunity for your business. And maybe you surprise yourself and you like it a little bit more than you thought. Maybe you don't. And then you go back to like, everything's evergreen and that's fine too. But I do think that you can learn a lot. Um, for services, that's a little bit different um, because services, you're typically like opening up spots on your calendar. Like if you're in the coaching world or consulting or something like that. And so I do think that you can use some scarcity and urgency to put like book by X day. Like you can have some of that in there. But really when we're talking live launch, maybe even for, well, no, cause I want to be able to talk about everything in this conversation, but I do think there's some things for live launching that are just for digital products because of that niche. And they don't work as well with like a conference launch or, you know, coaching launch or something like that. But also I think live launching just applies differently, right? So it's it like, does. Mm-hmm. you have a live launch for your conference, right? There've been, mm-hmm. there've been years where it's like, you have a one week time frame to get an early bird rate while that's, while the cart doesn't close one week later, that early bird rate closed, which was a form of a live launch, right? But Correct. live launches, I think also applies to the pro- the physical product world, right? Mm-hmm. You can release collections and those collections can easily sell out, right? Um, so I do think that live launching applies to multiple different industries. I do think service base is a little bit different. A lot of times service base is more of an evergreen business model and you use other avenues to sell like networking or whatever, you know, right. But, um, you're, I do think you're right that it's not as applicable to service as these other business types. But the other thing I was going to say to tag on to what you were saying, which I think live launching is I absolutely think it's a non-negotiable for you. If you are new in business, you need to live launch because you need to get over the fear of selling. It's like one of the number one fears in the business world is selling. I don't want to be salesy, blah, blah, blah. You need to get over that. (laughs) Like you literally, if I love you at tough love time, like if you are running a business, you are selling a product or an offer or a service. You're selling. Your job is selling like all the time. You yeah. need to, you have to learn to get comfortable with this and live launching is going to take you way out of your comfort zone to make you do it. But once you get that practice, mm-hmm. it feels easier over time. So I would even say like challenge yourself to live launch more than once to get that practice in of selling. But the real magic of live launching beyond learning how to be, become a better seller is you can actually create opportunities to connect one-on-one with your potential customers and that is messaging gold right there mm-hmm. to hear a, to, to like, and we talked about chat boxes in one of the previous episodes that we can link. Um, but chat boxes are my favorite tool in a live launch because you can actually copy verbatim 
the question that your customer has. So those frequently asked questions sections are all cute, you know, and you make them up the first time you create a digital product or whatever service you're putting out there or offer. The next time, guess what questions are actually in that section? The Mm -hmm. real ones that real humans asked you right? And that is how you can create a messaging strategy that is not just a unicorn in your mind, but a real person on the other side of the screen that you can talk to. That like that connection that live launching creates is so, so powerful in any, I don't care what kind of business you run, like so Absolutely. powerful. Absolutely. And if you're listening and you're, you, you were that person that feels nervous around the term live launch. Maybe you've never done it or you've done it a couple of times and it just never felt like it's gone well. There are new strategies you can implement. And so I want to encourage you guys, like think creatively. Like if you don't feel like you're the webinar girl, don't do a webinar. Like I, yes, we want you to get out of your comfort zone, but we also want you to fit your personality and your strength. So try a challenge, you know, just do something out. There are other things that you can try depending on your audience and your content and your personality. I love working with my like integration clients on figuring out like what's the best launch strategy for those reasons and then creating a launch around all of that. Yeah. And there's so many neat ways that you can launch now that don't Mm -hmm. involve a webinar, like don't involve a live event. You could do, I just feel like we should quickly rattle some off. Like, of course there was the webinar, which is typically a live event, right? A live right. video. There's video series. So you could do pre-recorded videos and drip them out over like two to five days. And then mm-hmm. a- after the last video you're selling, so you're never having to go live. Maybe there is a live component. Maybe you're in the chat for a certain period of time during that video series. Um, but you don't actually have to be live. You could do that. You could do a challenge. Like Kat said, you know what a challenge is. Look at any business owner who's selling something. <laughs> They'll do challenges. You know, these Facebook group challenges where you're trying to get a community effort involved. Mm-hmm. Um, there's literally just email launch live launches. Like you mm-hmm. don't have to do any sort of training if you don't want to. You could literally just publish, you could like have a series of emails written that maybe spans, I don't know, whatever period of time your live launch is happening. Let's use a week for this example. And you have, you just press publish on the series and you, you send emails for a week. Like that's a live launch. It doesn't have to contain this event that involves you being live. But again, I highly encourage you to step out of your comfort zone and try to create some sort of live component, whether that's a chat box or it's a, maybe it's not a structured call with slides. Maybe it's like a call mid launch week where you're just like, Hey, come chat with me. Ask your questions. This is not a structure. I'm not going to like pitch you. I'm not going to put slides up. I just want to talk to you like a real human. Again, create opportunities that your customers can connect with you one-on-one because you need to know what they are thinking before you hit, before they hit purchase to help you better sell your product. Yes, absolutely. That's why all of those reasons are why I'm such a firm believer. I mean, we both are in do a live launch at least once, if not a few times in your business with multiple products. I mean, you and I've both live launched multiple products. Um, I've done, you know, the event side, I've done services, I've done the products and all different sorts of digital products live. So, and in each one, there's a little bit of a different strategy in figuring out what do I like and what do my people like and how can I marry those two? Kat, tell us about, um, I want to hear like the realities of 
what a live launch feels like for the person who's hosting it. Like let's, I just want to like dig into like what it really (laughs) feels like to host any sort of launch event in your business. Well, for me, I think it depends on if I've done it before, because this is a little, it's a a different viewpoint if it's a product that you've launched before. So you have data to back up like, okay, last time this was my conversion rate. These were my sales. Like, so this is what my good, better, best goal is going to be, you know, moving forward for, you know, in this new launch. And so in my opinion, there's less stress on repeat launches because you've got some data on the back end. You feel more validated and the product, you're probably a little bit stronger in just the overall selling and messaging of the product. So a live launch around that really can typically feel a little bit more rinse and repeat of what worked and what didn't last time. So then let's redo it again. Now, if it's something that's never been live before, there's always like more anxiety and hesitation around it. And for me, and I don't know if this is a personality thing. And so Megan, you weigh in on like how you feel. For me, there's a are people really going to purchase this? Like there's Mm -hmm. always that question. Like, do people actually want to purchase this? There's the fear of I'm putting something out there. And if nobody purchases it, like what will people think? Like if they find out, like for us with the conference, like having to like, again, I know it's silly to say like strap on my big girl panties, but like put on the big girl panties and be like, Hey, this is the reality of like what we're facing right now. And this really sucks. Like there's no other way to say it when I have to talk to educators or talk to attendees. Um, but that is the risk we take when we are launching something and, and looking at all of the nuances of the launch. So for me, I think a lot of my stressors come down to what will other people think, whether will they purchase or how will they respond if it doesn't go well? Well, and this is something that we've brought up has been brought up before with my course students. And I like straight up told them like, you can launch something. And if that launch does not go well, guess what? You don't owe anybody an explanation. Like you, I feel like sometimes, of course, if you are hosting something like Kat saying, if you're hosting like a conference or an event and you can't go through with it for whatever reason, of course you have to actually tell the people if you can't mm-hmm. go through with it. So yes, mm-hmm. you do those people an explanation. <laughs> right, right, right. But say like, let's let's bring up the like scenario. You create a course and you launch it. You create this whole launch event and it totally flops, right? You don't owe the world an explanation that your course launch flopped. You don't need mm-hmm. to post on Instagram like, man, this stunk. I only got nine P or like whatever, you know, like I only got- right. I made zero sales. Like you don't owe anyone an explanation. And guess what? The sheer fact that you showed up and launched is just planting a seed in your audience's mind. So for the people who didn't say yes, they are just going to remember. It's like, it's like a, an opportunity to show up and remind somebody who you are and what you do, right? Right. Whether or not they purchase. So say I launch a course, it doesn't go well for whatever variable of reasons, that doesn't mean I never launch it again. Maybe I need to change some things based on feedback from my customers mm-hmm. or based on like feedback or based on how I'm feeling right in the launch. Mm-hmm. Um, but like launching one time is just going to help people better get to know you and what you have to offer. So maybe it's just not the right time for them to buy, but maybe in right. six months, if you try it again, maybe this right. is the right time for them to buy, right? Right. That's what I was just going to say. I feel like there is 
truth in a launch flopping and thinking about, well, was it the timing or was it the product? And sometimes it's, it's a little bit of both, you know, like it, it was a bad time for that specific product. Um, but I know two years ago I did a launch intensive. I launched a launch intensive. It was a four week like kind of hybrid course meets group coaching program. I launched it only to my email list because I wanted to start to test out, do people want launch content from me? I love talking about launching. I've been launching for years. Let me see what they want. I had one person join. Well, I can't host a whole intensive with one person. Like that doesn't work. So for her, we ended up doing a one-on-one coaching. She and I did, but that, I mean, it flopped. But now two years later, I'm back talking more about launch content and testing the market again. Like, hey, is now a better time? Now, granted, that's two years. So that's longer than waiting, you know, three months or six months. But I think that is just helpful for us to think through it just might not be the right time now for the product. Maybe your audience isn't primed enough, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe COVID, I don't know. Like there's just so many things that you need to think about when it comes to the product and why it flopped and not just taking it like this personal attack on you and your heart. And y'all, I say that after like eight years of launch experience of like crying, like sobbing when a launch didn't go well, feeling like it was such a personal attack on like my hard work and my efforts. And like, what have I done when like, it does it still stink when something doesn't go well? Yes. Do I cry? Yes. I'm an emotional woman. Like it happens. All right. I cry, but I also have to think like a business owner and I have Mm. to remember, well, I, I did what I thought I needed to do based on X, Y, and Z. And now because of the data that's being presented to me, this is what I'm going to do moving forward. And this failure, quote unquote failure was just good information and how I need to move moving forward. Well, and I think you brought up a good point too, about priming your audience. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember back then, like what you were focusing on content wise, but it could literally be a reason that you did not spend enough time talking about a specific topic before launching. If a launch flops, like you can't, you can't be talking about like one certain specific topic and then all of a sudden launch something that's completely different and expect it to go well, because people aren't connecting the dots between whatever new topic you're doing and the content that you've been presenting. So that's a really important note to like set yourself up and your audience's expectations up for what's to come. Like a lot of people get an idea for an offer or a product or a service or whatever. And they're so, they're so gung ho to get it out, like right then and there, as soon as humanly possible that they sabotage their launch. When, if you would have just waited another month to put it out there, that way you could have spent four weeks to talk to your audience about whatever specific topic you want to launch around, you would have seen more success had you have spent more time in the priming. So one thing that I think would be super um, beneficial for anybody listening would be like when you have an idea and you're ready for a launch, you need to look at your calendar and decide not just what day works for you to launch, but when like when can you launch that also includes giving your customers plenty of time to connect those dots between what you're talking about and what you sell? Absolutely. I completely agree. And that's where if, you know, if you're launching on a quarterly basis and you decide, you know, you're going to have a launch a quarter or something like that, that allows you to have that runway and allows you to have that time to really prime your people to get ready for whatever that launch is going to be. Um, I feel like we could talk about this for days. I feel like let's Mm -hmm. like wrap this up by, I would love to hear from you. Like, what are some 
like quick things somebody needs to like prepare themselves for, for launch week? Well, first of all, definitely give yourself that runway, just like we talked about with not just in priming content, but in knowing that if you're giving yourself a six to eight week time frame, you're getting ready for the launch while also priming your people. The truth about launch week is that the actual week of launch shouldn't be that stressful in terms of your to-do list because hopefully things are scheduled and automated out during the week of launch. The week of launch is where your face is required. It's like heavy on the marketing for you, whether you're doing live events or you're jumping on Instagram more often, or you're just being more aware of what your people need in live chat or in email, like that sort of thing. So the goal is that all of the launch work is done before the launch so that the week of launch, it's just you marketing. And I say just as in, you know, like just you marketing, but you're not having to worry about, oh, I need to get tomorrow's email ready to go and scheduled, mm-hmm. but I also need to jump on Instagram live. Oh, I'm supposed to go like do it in the Facebook group. Like then you, you're being pulled in 17 different directions. If you can pre-schedule as much as you can pre-schedule and have that runway for yourself, do that plan it out so that the week of it can be fun to show your face and talk about this product Mm -hmm. that you've created or this conference or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, And it feels so much more enjoyable than also having the workload of all of that scheduled content. I think another thing I would love to bring up is having expectations of what happens on certain days of launching. So Mm -hmm. I think like depending on there's lots of different strategies for launching and you could launch two days, seven days, 14 days, like any, any amount of time you can imagine. There's always going to be a specific sequence of events, no matter who you are, right? (laughs) The first thing you need to think about and like have this expectation is like, you're going to have activity at the front, right? Like people Mm -hmm. who know you, who love you, Kat and I call these are like low hanging fruit. Like the people who are like, you put your name on something, I'm buying it. Like Mm -hmm. those are the people who are- We love you. Those of you- We love you. We love you. (laughs) Those are the people who are going to buy it first. And so like Mm -hmm. day one, when you put something live, like there's excitement in the air, right? Like, because Mm -hmm. people are purchasing and you're like, oh, this is so fun. I announced this, whatever. And then you get to like mid launch. And you're freaking out and you're eating ice cream and drinking (laughs) wine and boxing your best friend because it feels like no one's ever going to buy it again. Yes. So if you're like, let's put this in the perspective of a week. So like day one, it's going to be so exciting, fun. People are buying. Day two, Mm -hmm. it's like trickle like mm-hmm. the trickle downward of like people, less people are buying, but you're still excited. Day three, you're like zero. Oh, buyers. Shoot. <laughs> right. Right. Nobody you're... is buying. Mm-hmm. I didn't hit my sales goal. We need to fix this entire launch. We need to change everything. That is the mm-hmm. mentality. I swear it doesn't matter how many launches I do. That is the mentality that happens to me in the mid thing. It's like, oh no, I need to add something. I need to change something. I need to remove this email. I need to add three more on this day. Like you're going to be, you're going to feel like you need to change everything, fight every urge to change everything. Right. Right. Get a a box bestie and be like, it's like a woman in labor. Like, no, (laughs) don't let me do X, Y, Z. I think I didn't want to do what I told you before I was in labor. Like, don't let me change my launch in the middle of this thing. Right. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden, if you continue to show up and put in the work, it's like the magic happens on the last day. I don't care what business owner you are, you are going to see the most sales on the last day. It's and just it's because of urgency. All It's because yes. of that final call. You will get, you will likely, again, you'll start to see it in your own business. 
like with conversions, but in my own and in a lot of my clients, there are more sales on the last day than there are on the first day because urgency plays such a high role in selling and people want it. And so people all week long that have been on the fence, people who've been, you know, mulling it over, thinking about it, whatever. Now, all of a sudden they're being told they only have four hours left or it's locked down, shut out for however long (laughs) you've decided that you're, you know, like you're, you're pulling that card because it's true. You are, you're completely shutting it down and they want in and they will get in. So Mm -hmm. if your launch is going well, if it has sold well on day one, do not change the strategy mid-launch when you have zero. If it didn't sell well on day one, then maybe there is something to think through for the rest of the launch. But if day one went well, which we're all going to hope day one goes really well for you, it's your low hanging fruit people, then just know day two, three, sometimes a little bit of four feels real dicey. And then all of a sudden on day five, you've hit your sales goals. Yeah. I mean, I could show you a graph of every single launch or sale or promotional event I've done in my business. And it's like a nice little bump at the beginning and then kind of like sad little bumps in the middle. (laughs) And then the final one is this like Everest style peak compared to day one, because it is true. Everyone waits to the last day to buy. Everyone waits to the last moment to make a decision. Um, And I just want to encourage you right here, right now. Like if you are looking at launching, keep showing up, keep Mm -hmm. your plan exactly as it is planned and don't change it and get, give yourself the, the grace to say, I'm going to make it through the end of this launch exactly like I planned it. And then I'm going to look back and see what didn't work. I'm not going to make decisions based on day three or mid launch, whatever your time frame looks like for you. I'm not making decisions based on that. I'm making decisions based on the entire launch period. And then you can tweak and change and alter for the next go round mm-hmm. based on the data that you have from your entire launch period. And that's an, like just another reason why I think it's really helpful to get as much pre-scheduled done before launch week as possible, because there are a lot of emotions, y'all. You are feeling the highs and the lows of a five-day period. I know we're joking about it, but if you've launched and you're listening to this, I'm sure you're nodding your head. Like it's so real. There are so many emotions in that week. And so I don't want you to also have writing emails or you know doing things that could be pre-scheduled out in that week. When, if you are creating, you know, an eight week runway for yourself for priming content for your people, you can also have mapped out your work to make sure that as much can be done ahead of time as possible. So then the week of you just, you got to feel those emotions and ride them out and then keep showing up. Just like Megan said. All right, friends, that was a fun conversation. And until next time, we'll catch you in the next conversation. 